Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 89 of the Citrix Session. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. We're recording this on a Wednesday, so we've lost a couple of our uh, counterparts here, but it's still uh, Bill Sutton and I. Bill, how's it going? Going well, Andy. Doing okay today. How about you? Good. Uh, better to do this on a Wednesday than a uh, than a Monday or vice versa? Well, you know, obviously Monday, we've everybody's already set for it, but uh, Monday's a busy day for me, as I know it is for you. So, you know, it's nice to have a break once in a while. I was just uh, starting to book some travel up to the Northeast a minute ago, and I did it for Tuesdays and Wednesdays every other week for, um, well, for a long time. And uh, then it starts inter- interfering with the podcasting. I my, my reason for bringing that up is I wonder how many people, as we go back to somewhat of normal workflow, things that you adopted during the pandemic are going to be able to maintain the way they were during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah, that's a good point. It'll be interesting to see. You're coming up my way next week, I think, up here to Virginia. I am. Yep. You know, that's, I wouldn't say the first trip, but that's the first back to the the old way of, of traveling. I, I, you know, you, you've got a family, you can relate to this comment. Uh, I think my family's gotten used to me being home all the time. <laughs> that may be the biggest disruptor in all this. Yeah, I agree. Same here. All right. Uh, so we, um, before we jumped on here, decided we would cover this uh, blog that Citrix released this week or next last week about uh, Citrix and Nutanix, the next phase in empowering secure and hybrid work. Um, you know, Citrix and Nutanix had a great story. We've continued to tell the story as Integra has. Uh, and now they're officially coming back to saying, yeah, we're, 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 ex- we're excellent at working together. Um, do you find this surprising at all that they've, uh, they're publicly announcing their partnership uh, reboot? No, I mean, it's like you know, some of the other partnerships that Citrix has had over the years, they kind of renegotiate and, and double down on it. And uh, so I'm not surprised to see this come out. I mean, you know, certainly Nutanix is a, a key player in this in the HCI market, kind of in some ways invented almost the HCI market. And, uh, uh, you know, clearly a great platform to host Citrix virtual apps and desktops workloads on. It has been since it came out. That was kind of its first use case, right? Um, back when we first saw them at the at one of those partner conferences, what if I were to say that uh, that Citrix and Nutanix need each other, uh, and specifically Citrix needs Nutanix because it doesn't have a cloud IaaS solution, and Nutanix has one that uh, can be ubiquitous ubiquitously uh, deployed across a bunch of the big players and private players. Um, does, do you think that had a lot to do with this? I think it absolutely had a lot to do with it. Yes. Yeah, you see Microsoft having their platform to broker VDI connections and, and its own infrastructure as a service, IaaS cloud to back it up. Yeah, yeah. VMware having the same thing. And, uh, you know, Citrix kind of needs that uh, needs that landing spot while, you know, publicly continuing to talk about the fact they can work with any backend, which is great. And part of the reason why you and I are Citrix guys at the same time, having that one that just fits like a glove. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. It does. And in the uh, in the opening paragraph here, they they reference a couple of successful customers um, that they've had. So um, September twenty first is when this announcement was made. It was part of the dot next conference. And if I jump down here, it talks about uh, Nutanix will become a Citrix preferred choice. Will become a um, I guess the highlight the word a uh, preferred choice for. HCI hybrid and multi cloud deployments. I think that aligns exactly with what we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess specifically in this case, it's the Nutanix um, AHV slash AOS portion of Nutanix, uh, which when you run it in a public cloud, 
uh, data center, public cloud data center, it's you're really talking about Nutanix clusters. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, making it more simple to manage. And then, of course, the other thing is the key thing here, I think, is the unified management plane and allowing you to move your workloads back and forth between various public clouds or on premises mm-hmm. as you need to. That's kind of been the holy grail here, being able to do that. Um, and it's not I don't know that that's something HV had until relatively recently, but uh, definitely a, a key benefit to those that are running um, running uh, EUC type workloads. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little bit because I've had a lot of conversations with Nutanix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, several questions. Um, one would be making sure listeners know that uh, Nutanix clusters in AWS or in Azure is really just Nutanix running on bare metal servers that are managed right. by Microsoft or Amazon, right? Right, exactly. That's exactly what it is. They've kind of carved out a section of their data centers, I think, to to support hosting these workloads. And do you know if such a thing exists on the uh, in the Google uh, data centers as well for GCP? Um, not not for Nutanix. I think there might be one other um, player that has a cloud on Google at this point, or it's in development. But I'm not aware of what anything released. If they're working on. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, actually, my original conversations with Nutanix way back in the day was going to be uh, a big story with uh, Google in terms of how they went to market because they've got legacy together from you know where Nutanix came from. Um, I'm over here on the other screen googling it now to see if there's any news on that. I have there is because I did the same thing, and and you know when you're talking about uh, uh, HCI type providers, you know VMware has VMware Cloud on Azure. They have VMware Cloud on AWS. I think AWS was first, and I know we have a customer that had some workloads in uh, Google Google Cloud VMware environment, or they call it something slightly different, but it's very similar to what. VMware has done with the other cloud providers. And that's kind of what Nutanix, I think, is doing here is, is um, delivering a, a, the same, a similar type of uh, architecture, uh, though obviously Nutanix has some significant benefits um, driven by their AHV hypervisor. So I have a uh, specific question on uh, Nutanix clusters on, um, on Azure as it relates to you know, Windows client workloads like Windows 10, Windows 11. And so that brings us back to Citrix. If I've got uh, multi, uh, multi-session rights because of Azure-related Windows client workloads, uh, if I run Nutanix clusters in Azure, do I get those entitlements as well? That's a really good question and one that I don't have the answer to, but I would love to know the answer to that because that would be really interesting to find out um, as to whether or not that's tied specifically to the Azure tenant, if you will, or whether that could be in a in a, um, in a provider like Nutanix. I don't know the answer to that, but it's definitely a good question. You, you can imagine the, the benefits of that, right? If I took, uh, if I had 100 users, just keep simple math, um, 100 users, and I could do two users per virtual desktop workload running on top of clusters, all of a sudden my consumption model just got cut in half. Right, yeah. Or close to half, anyway. Close to half, yes. Yeah, and then imagine if I got five users per desktop and beefed up the desktop, but still saved some money per desktop, virtual desktop, what, what that would mean. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And, and then you take that same story and spread it out across the other players. Now you got a multi-cloud um, solution that uh, really is pretty resilient um, and flexible and, and, and cost-effective when you want to run workloads based on cost at any point in time. Now you now you really mm-hmm. got nothing. Yeah, you can run the really, you know, the ones that are really heavy and need to be close to the client on premises and 
than those that are more, you know, more uh, uh, forgiving, I guess, in the cloud or, you know, in, in a Nutanix cluster. It gives the customers all kinds of options they didn't have before. And it's kind of like we're getting to the point where hybrid cloud, hybrid cloud is really becoming a, a reality uh, without all of the complexity that's historically presented itself there. Yeah. Here's the the last piece of this question. You know, Citrix took Citrix Cloud or virtual app and desktop services a couple of years ago and made it to where you couldn't integrate it with a public cloud unless you, well, they made it where you couldn't integrate the on-premises version any longer with a public cloud after a certain yes. uh, version number. Yes. Um, since Nutanix and the plugin into Nutanix can be either in a cloud or in your data center, you think they'll be able to enforce that? Uh, I think they'll probably have to adjust the architecture a little bit to address it uh, because if otherwise, you know, well, the other option is they could basically say that you have to be to, to support this, you have to be in Citrix cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd be surprised by that, but you never know. I mean, it could just be as simply as a, a EULA and support statement versus, you know, hard coding the um, right. solution where it won't. Yeah. It's hard coded. It's hard coded today. I've actually tested the, the 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 newer uh, delivery controller trying with a VDA a newer VDA trying to register within with a delivery controller running as a VM in Azure and it it won't register it throws an error that says this is a this is running in a public cloud so it's unable to register something like that but in theory if I'm just talking to Nutanix Prism whether it's in my data center or in Azure good, is good there a way to know the difference yeah I don't know yeah I don't know either. Um, not that I would encourage anybody to work around the rules, no, but I've just no. been trying to figure that out. Uh, okay, well, the uh, the reverse side of this conversation is Citrix will become the preferred enterprise end-user computing solution. We'll call it a platform uh, on the Nutanix cloud platform. Um, yeah, that kind of got got murky for a while with Nutanix's acquisition of Frame. Frame. Um, where do you see the benefits for um, both companies in this part of the announcement? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think, um, you know, obviously Citrix has always been a key workload for Nutanix. And I think this double downs on that, doubles down on that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know about you, but I, I don't see frame that much out there in our, in our, you know, customer base. So I don't see much demand for it. Um, I'm sure it's a solid, I've never really messed with it myself, but I'm sure it's a solid offering, but obviously Citrix is much more mature. And with this announcement, um, it really uh, Citrix and Nutanix are recognizing the benefits of uh, continuing to drive adoption of the Citrix platform running on Nutanix. So I think uh, you know it, it, it's an interesting question in terms of what this means for Frame. Uh, I think it'll still be around. I just I have to wonder whether it's going to be for more of the you know a different customer base or different verticals. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, I I don't necessarily, um, like for me, this isn't revolutionary because this is what we've been talking about forever. And and I think we've sold maybe one frame deal and, and, and you know, one frame deal kind of gets talked about as if it was the end all be all. But when you stop and dissect that one, you find out that it was a very, very simple use case. Right, exactly. And a lot of the enterprise features that all of our customers really need in the long run weren't there. Um, so it, 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 I just kind of say, yes, I mean, yes, we already, we, we, we feel this way and have felt this way all along. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I've actually been trying to work an issue for a customer that wants to, without going into a lot of the gory details, that that with Citrix, that that's a unique use case, which basically leveraging something called host to client redirection for certain websites, so they launch on the local device versus on the uh, in the VDA, um, and that, you know that's the kind of thing. Those those types of things are the kinds of things that you're not going to find in in a lot of solutions, and that's the value of Citrix Ads is is having a lot of of um, advanced features that support the enterprise and can enable all different types of work that uh, that demonstrates the value of that that more mature solution. Yeah. So, Bill, I think we've we've covered it. Is there anything about this announcement and the go-to-market strategy? Uh, you know what? I, I'll make this comment. As I read that last piece, Citrix will become the preferred enterprise end-user computing solution on the Nutanix cloud platform. Um, you know, I think it's interesting that they're, they're specifically calling out the Nutanix cloud platform. For us, it's Nutanix platform, period. Cloud period. or on-premises doesn't yes. matter. Yes. You, you think there's anything? Am I reading too much into that statement, or is it, uh, is, it, is it truly just that's where the conversations are going forward, therefore that's why it's stated that way? I think that's, I think the, the latter, um, you know, I think that the Nutanix cloud platform really encompasses everything, right? The HCI platform, the, the pr prism and the on-premises clusters, as well as those running in clouds. I think they've, you know, I don't know if they've rebranded it, but certainly um, I think it encompasses everything. So it may be that we uh, we're reading more into it than necessary, but it does say in the next sentence, Citrix cloud services will enable the, capa the capabilities, which kind of goes back to your earlier question about whether or not we'd be able to run uh, on-premises DDCs or controllers and register VDAs to them. It, it seems like they're referencing cloud services here. So perhaps that uh, that seals that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure. I mean, there's there's no way that gap would be left, um, at least EULA-wise, would be left open. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think Citrix and Nutanix would both be happy if if more customers adopt the platform, not only just because it's great sales for them, but for partners like us, it's it, it gives customers a fighting chance on being successful because it's 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 easy to architect around and it's fast and it simplifies things all at the same time. Uh, you, like I, have had history of rolling out complex infrastructure with Citrix, and that only only makes the likelihood of success lower. Yeah, I mean those those traditional architectures really you know, almost to to, to have a a really solid chance of success, you really kind of had to overbuy or overprovision, I guess is a better way of putting it. Whereas with the linear linear scalability of Nutanix certainly made it a lot easier to, to add additional users and know that you'd have the same level of performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've seen a lot of customers that uh, failed before they even got started with the Citrix piece because the infrastructure was just way too expensive, too complex or both. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We, we've both seen that a number of times in the past. Yeah. Well, Bill, I appreciate you joining and uh, sure. wrap this one up. Thanks. Okay. Do it again next week. Bye. Yeah.